and welcome to our weekly podcast by Binky Paribas Wealth Management. My name is Charlotte de Capuisson. After a short summer break, we return to business as usual. In this podcast, we will summarize some of the key economic and financial events over the past couple of months and discuss some investment ideas. If you have not been following the markets over the summer, take this opportunity to catch up with financial news by listening to this podcast. Edmund Shing, Chief Investment Officer at BNP Paribas Wealth Management, is with me today. Hello, Edmund. Hi, Charlotte. So, Edmund, the US economy seems to be growing at a healthy pace in the third quarter, but can it be sustained into 2024? Uh, no. <laughs> I think we... And I think the market, more importantly, has been surprised by the continued resilience of the U.S. economy. If you remember back to the beginning of this year, people had been forecasting recession by the middle of this year, even in the U.S. And that clearly is not the case. What we see instead is much more strength in the economy, driven largely by the consumer and also by, to some extent, investment. We're seeing that the U.S. government has been pushing investment very hard. Uh, particularly in terms of the CHIPS Act and also in terms of the Inflation Reduction Act, which has been directing more investment towards, for instance, renewable energy and renewable energy infrastructure. So this, of course, has been good for the economy as a whole. However, we do expect these trends to slow down towards the end of the year. And indeed, we would even expect a mild recession in the US early next year. So no, we don't think the current growth momentum can be maintained. And that's probably overall a good thing because it will also mean that inflation will continue to calm down in the US, which in turn means that the US Federal Reserve, the central bank, will not need to raise rates further. And at some point mid next year could even think about reducing rates to help the economy. As inflation seems to be on the wane in the developed world, led by the US, can we assume that central banks have almost finished raising their reference interest rates? I think so, Charlotte. I think inflation will continue to decline, both in the US and eventually in Europe, although it's taking a bit longer. It seems to be a bit sticky in Europe. But there is no doubt that the movements by central banks to raise interest rates from zero or even negative levels just more than a year ago to 5.5% in the US today to what will be over 5% in the UK and to nearly 4% in Europe. These are big moves in a relatively short space of time. They put the brakes on the economy and in turn should continue to put the brakes on inflation. So I think we can say that what central banks have already done in the past in raising interest rates is now having an effect both on slowing economic activity and also importantly on slowing, therefore, the pressures on inflation. So I think, yes, we're pretty much there, done and dusted. Now, Edmund, why do you consider now to be a good time to buy government bonds in the US, particularly so-called inflation-linked bonds? Well, we have to remember two things. Firstly, last year was a horrible year for the bond market. US bonds, for instance, had a very negative performance, and that's something that's very rare, but was the case last year. Through this year, because of the surprising resilience of the US economy, US bond yields have actually gone up, not down. And when you remember, when bond yields go up, bond prices go down. So in fact, if you look over the year to date, if you'd held US government bonds from the beginning of the year to now, you really haven't made any money because what you've gained on the income part of the portfolio through the yield, you've lost because prices are slightly lower still. Now, what that does mean is that the level of yield today is high. You're getting 4.1% for a 10-year US government treasury bond. 
which is one of the highest yields we've seen in the last 15 years. So again, in absolute terms, very high level of yield offered particularly in the US. And we want to capture that by investing in bonds. And the way we prefer to do that is not just by bonds generally, but through a specific class of government bond that the US called TIPS, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, which basically are bonds where the coupon varies as a function of whatever the level of inflation is. So they are bonds, but unlike normal bonds, they are hedged against variations in inflation. And that is important because if inflation at some point in the next few years goes back up, with normal bonds, you would not be protected. But with these treasury inflation protected bonds, you would be protected. And so that is the area we particularly want to invest in, so-called US tips, these inflation protected bonds. Okay, if the Federal Reserve has finished raising interest rates, then does this suggest that the US dollar could weaken further over the next few months? Well, yes, because generally the US dollar is driven by lots of factors, but the principal factors tend to be the difference in interest rates between the US and let's say other regions of the world, particularly Europe, if we think about the euro dollar exchange rate. Now, we are at a point where the European Central Bank may raise rates further. The Fed will not. We are also at a point where we believe that long-term interest rates, long-term bond yields will probably start to decline from a high point in the US, maybe less so in Europe. So the difference overall between US interest rates and European interest rates should narrow. And if that narrows, that should be more of a boost for the euro, weakness for the dollar. At the same time, do not forget that we have the famous twin deficits, that the US government is running a huge budget deficit, i.e. they're spending a lot more than they're earning in tax receipts. And so they have to fill the gap by issuing a lot of bonds, a lot of IOUs. That tends to be weaker for the dollar. In addition, you have a current account deficit. So again, they tend to be importing a lot more than they're exporting. And that leads to a, a current account deficit, which again, tends to be negative for the dollar. This twin deficit, both are negative should put pressure on the dollar in the medium term. So all of these things together suggest that the dollar should trend lower, particularly against the euro over the next few months. And our 12-month target for the euro dollar exchange rate is one spot 15, and we're at one spot $0.09 today. So a modest appreciation for the euro, modest depreciation for the dollar, we think is in view. Let's look at stock markets now. August saw a small consolidation in US and European stocks despite relatively strong company results. Is this just typical seasonal summer weakness, do you think, or the start of something more significant? For now, we believe it's more the typical seasonal effect. Let's not forget that through August and usually into September, stocks usually suffer their weakest two months of the year over these summer months before then picking up for a stronger fourth quarter. This year has been no exception to this typical seasonal pattern. but. Nevertheless, even with a small consolidation during August in particular in global stock markets, let's not forget that we are still pretty close to all-time highs or multi-year highs, both in Europe and in the US. And then we could also throw in Japan as well as a third index, which has performed incredibly well and is at more than 20-year highs. So overall, I believe the upward momentum in global stocks has not, has not stopped, has not changed. I think the company results are a good reflection of that. And we should remember many portions of uh, stock markets around the world, such as in Europe, in the UK, 
and in Japan remain cheap versus long-term history. So that's not true in the US, but it's true in other areas of the world where stocks still remain cheap. So I think the combination of factors together that I've just mentioned suggest that it's more likely that stock markets trend higher over the next few months than lower. And so I would like to stay invested in stocks for now. Finally, Edmund, do you have a particular sector in stocks that you like at the moment? Well, we have several, Charlotte. I would put the focus on Latin American stocks, and particularly exposure to Brazil and Mexico. These are not areas we talk about very much normally, but we are at points with Brazil and Mexico where you have relatively robust economic growth, particularly in Mexico, which benefits from outsourcing from the US because it's obviously right on the border with the US. You have a lot of factories which supply the US operating in, in Mexico. So Mexico benefits from all of that outsourcing and nearshoring uh, effect. On top of that, both Brazilian and Mexican central banks were very active in raising interest rates proactively earlier than in the US or in Europe to combat rising inflation because they're used to high inflation as emerging market central banks. And they've successfully dealt with it. And now they're in the process of reducing interest rates already, particularly in Brazil. We've already seen interest rates come down in Brazil, and that should continue because of the fall in inflation rates we're seeing across these countries. And finally, the strong commodity exposure from both countries, both in terms of oil and other critical battery metals, for instance, I think will continue to be an important motor for both economies. And so we really like overall stock market exposure to Brazil and Mexico in particular, both because we think the stocks are cheap and are performing well, but also because we like the currencies, the Brazilian rail and the Mexican peso, which we think both should continue to strengthen against the dollar and the euro going forwards. Ed Mishing, thank you very much. And to our audience out there listening, please like, share and subscribe to our weekly podcast by searching for BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Until next time, goodbye.